athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Since Ware. Comes after this one. He'll pick it up. Dances out of one tackle. Now he has a hole to the 30-yard line. Second level. He has a convoy across midfield. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Put him on the board. Touchdown, North Carolina Central. Brandon Cotterington hits the home run. HBCU football season is here. That was Jonathan Duran on the NCCU Sports Network. It was one of three games played on last Saturday. North Carolina Central defeating Alcorn State 23-14. And that was a game sealer. That punt return for a touchdown, a game sealer for North Carolina Central. And listen, like I said last week when we previewed this game, uh, and and. The interesting thing after this game I heard, and by the way, you know, I thought all of the promotion leading up to the game and then the ultimate game, I mean, if you looked at the numbers, a million people viewed the game. It was the highest rated MEAC SWAC challenge since 2010. All of those things, they had a lot of media publicity really surrounding it. So I thought that uh, ESPN, ABC did a good job uh, with that. And uh, it was a good football. I thought it was a. I thought it was a solid football game, considering you have two teams that hadn't played in over a year and a half, and to be able to put on a performance uh, like that, uh, I thought was really good. But the the thing about it, and and uh, even before we go any further, you are of course tuned in to Box to Row, the Dopey Show on radio. I am your host, Donald Ware. I think that when you hear that. North Carolina Central upset Alcorn State. So, I mean, I would ask a couple of questions. What, when you say upset or when people say upset, what do they mean by the term upset? Is it an upset because people didn't think a MEAC team, a, a, a MEAC team that may be middle of the road MEAC team uh, could beat in more of an upper echelon uh, SWAC team? Uh, is that, do you mean, is that what upset means? Does it mean uh, on paper that Alcorn State should have won that football game? They had the better team on paper than North Carolina Central did. Is that what the term upset means? Listen, any way you define what upset means, not the general word upset, but in terms of North Carolina Central defeating Alcorn State. When you use the word upset, in my opinion, that is false. That was not an upset. And this is the reason why. It's just like I said last week, when I previewed this game, I couldn't pick a winner because the two teams 
had not played in over a year and a half. You can look at all of that on paper and, you know, Felix Harper and uh, for Alcorn State, the quarterback, he was a box-to-row All-American in 2019. You look at the receiver, Charles Pringle, you knew the defense was going to be back. You knew the Alcorn State uh, offensive line was going to be back. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I look, if those two teams had played in 2020, maybe, right? No football in 20 or 21 months. So, the it, it, to me, it's not an upset. It, it, that that game, and that's why I couldn't really pick that game. I couldn't really give you a winner because, uh, again, teams hadn't played in so long. I mean, you, they got to get used to back to all of those things. Yeah, they've practiced. It's not the same thing as playing. So I don't look at that as an upset. I think if you look at North Carolina Central's, and I, and I said this last week, I thought Trey Oliver's defense – this year was going to be really, really good. He had all of that time to really get it straight. It was not very good, quite frankly, in 2019. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I thought Davius Richard coming in, the quarterback for North Carolina Central, I thought he could be good. If you look at his 2019 season, it was pretty good considering he was the third-string quarterback, ultimately became the starter and threw for over 2,000 yards and, by the way, had a positive touchdown-to-interception ratio. So to me, that game definitely wasn't an upset, um, and it was a real, I thought it was a solid football game considering the two teams hadn't played in a couple of years. Also last week, uh, Edward Waters uh, defeated um, uh, Florida Memorial 24-20, to and it was Kentucky State over Central State. 20 to 6. Listen, let me set the table for you today here on Box to Row. We're going to be joined on the program by Damon Wilson, the head football coach at Bowie State. The Bulldogs, two times over CIAA champions, last played back in 2019. Going to have to face a a, uh, Delaware State team, as a matter of fact, that played four or five games in the spring, and they're playing up a division. So we'll ultimately see how that goes. And we'll talk with Damon Wilson, Bowie state's head football coach um, about it. Listen, Cam Newton, boy, I tell you the, okay. The reason that Cam Newton is no longer with the Patriots is because he wasn't vaccinated. They didn't cut him. I mean, they didn't necessarily cut him or make you know, Mac Jones or make Mac Jones the starter because Cam Newton wasn't vaccinated. Those three ga- three days or however many days it was that he missed, he had to sit out, it was a misunderstanding, they said, in essence, opened the door for Mac Jones to become the starting quarterback for the Patriots. He had three days to take reps, with the first team when previous to that Cam and Mac Jones were splitting first team reps and unfortunately for Cam and 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 this is the thing like I'm not trying to get into a debate about whether or not you should be vaccinated whatever I mean personally I think you should be uh just because because we are in a pandemic the more people that are vaccinated 
we won't have these strains coming and we can get moved past this. So that's just what I believe. But whether you get vaccinated or not, Cam Newton opened himself up to this by not getting vaccinated. He already gone through this. Like, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, he he contracted COVID last year during the course of the football season. I think he may have missed just a week, but he contracted COVID. So I guess having him having contracted COVID wasn't enough to convince him to get a vaccination. Now, I don't know his reason for that. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a health reason. I have no idea. All I know, and in, well, in my opinion, because he did not get vaccinated, that is why ultimately Cam Newton uh, is not with the New England Patriots. Now, whether or not they decided to cut him uh, or he, you know, they had a conversation and said, well, I mean, they said he, they cut him. He got cut. And maybe they said, well, you know, they came to him. Hey, Cam, you, we, you know, we're going to go with the young kid. Um, you know, we know you're a veteran. You're been a, you've been a league MVP. Uh, you have also uh, taken a team to a Super Bowl. We know what you can do. Now, uh, also, it has been stated that, from my understanding, is that Cam is not opposed to being a backup quarterback. Maybe he just didn't want to be a back. I don't know. Whatever the scenario is, I don't know. I just I just feel bad for him because by all I mean it was definitely a quarterback battle from all accounts. But if you remember Bill Belichick in the beginning said that Cam is the starter. He also said that on more than one occasion as the weeks progressed, ultimately it became a battle and where the battle was lost for Cam was those Days that he was out, not he didn't contract COVID this time around, but it was some kind of, I mean, you know, some kind of testing thing. He was away, whatever, you know, apparently, I mean, it, it's not like confirmed he's not vaccinated, but I mean, if they're testing you, then you can assume that he's not vaccinated because right now, if you're vaccinated, they're not testing players, you know, on a pretty regular basis. So very unfortunate scenario for Cam Newton, and we'll see ultimately uh, what's going to happen next for Cam. So in addition to Damon Wilson joining us today on the program, we'll see who else is going to join us today on the program. Listen, we've got 33 football games, 33 football games that are going to be played in HBCU football this this weekend. Well, not not quite 33 because we've already had some games that have ultimately been played. Six games have already been played. So you're looking at about, what, uh, 27 games, uh, right, that are going to be played between Saturday and Sunday. One of the games that I want to preview uh, will be the Box to Row National Game of the Week between Florida A&M and Jackson State. And that game is going to be played in Miami Gardens, Florida. That should be a fantastic football game. You know, one of the also one of the takeaways that I had from – the Alcorn State and North Carolina Central game. And I've been saying this for quite some time that I think when teams ultimately go out and maybe two teams get together that haven't played since 2019, or there's a team that has played that hasn't played since 2019, and then a team that played in the spring, it may be a little bit of an more of an advantage for the team that played in the spring. But I don't know. Like 
I guess because it was even footing in terms of all corn in North Carolina Central from the perspective of neither team had played since 2019, I thought it was a pretty good football game. Like, yeah, I mean, North Carolina Central had like double, I think, what, 13 penalties in the game, a little bit sloppy there. Maybe some of that, you know, had to do with 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 a lack of, of playing. But Alcorn State had the same situation, didn't have nearly as many penalties. But, I, you know, I don't know how much of a big factor that's going to be. I mean, I think it'll be somewhat of a factor. And so I'm going to look at that. Uh, when we preview Florida A&M and Jackson State, is it that much of a hindrance for Florida A&M because it hasn't played since November of 2019, opposed to Jackson State, who played its full schedule in the spring and played uh, the full seven games? So we'll talk about that. I will preview the Jackson State and Florida A&M game. It's going to be an outstanding football game and one that I cannot wait to watch uh, on Sunday coming uh, from Miami Gardens, Florida. Let's step aside. Let's take a break. Let's come back with more of Box to Row. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware. Your best, but you cannot fool me into thinking that you're rich with no costume jewelry on. But it's happening you all know that Box to Row is happening every single weekend. Once again, thank you for making the program a part of your day. Praying right now for all of those in New Orleans, in Mississippi, throughout Louisiana, those in Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey that have been affected by the hurricane. Really praying for uh, those families and those individuals that have been affected by the hurricane. Boy, I I tell you what, it is hurricane season. And, uh, you know, wow. I mean, New Orleans, I I tell you, it's just, uh, you know, just seems to be one storm after another. Our thoughts and prayers are are with you here. So in about eh, 20 minutes or so, going to be joined by Bowie State head football coach Damon Wilson here. On the program, looking forward to the conversation with Damon Wilson. He's got he's got got some players coming back, 
you know, Jerome Johnson, the quarterback. I mean, he's got a really good squad. Defense should be good. We'll talk more uh, about that. Of course, we had some games that were played on Thursday. And you can check those games out. You can check out the scores from those games on our website on the HBCU football scoreboard at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com. Also, while you're there, you can check out the HBCU football Coaches and media polls, Alabama A&M is number one in both polls. Got a big-time game against South Carolina State at home. It would have been the box-to-row national game of the week any other time. But that Florida A&M and Jackson State game is going to be absolutely off the chain. I think mm, that, that I think when you talk about, okay, more strictly – the teams, if you if you match, if you take the matchups in of themselves and compare them, right? I think that that Alabama A and M and South Carolina State matchup is a bigger matchup because you're talking about. I mean, I mean, as good as Alabama A and M is, South Carolina State's tough, good offense, very good defense. Uh, that that could definitely. I mean, it could go. I mean, it could go either way. Right, but it, it's definitely a game that South Carolina State can win. But the Florida A and M Jackson State game, it's the it's the big classic, Miami Gardens, big stadium, and and more importantly, it's a SWAC Eastern Division matchup. You got a SWAC Eastern Division matchup off the cuff, so I think that makes it uh, more of a bigger game, and thus the Box to Row National game. Of the week, just kind of want to run down the schedule and talk about a couple of the games. St. Augustine's is going to be at home hosting Tusculum. Again, you're talking about a St. Augustine's program. No CIAA school has played since 2019 in the SIAC. You had Savannah State that played two games. Savannah State did play two games. West Virginia State is going to be on the road taking on Shippensburg. West Virginia State didn't exactly have the spring it was expecting to have a really good 2019 in that Mountain East Conference. So we'll see if West Virginia State can bounce back against Shippensburg. North Carolina A&T on the road at Furman. I'm looking forward to this game. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be calling this game. Very much looking forward to the football game. You've got an A&T team again. Had not played since 2019. Meanwhile, you have a Furman team that played in the spring and is a perennial FCS power. A&T is a perennial FCS power as well. This should be a really good, really good matchup, like a really, really good football game. Very much looking forward to that. Howard going to be on the road taking on Richmond. It's going to definitely be a tough football game for the Bison. Richmond generally has a strong program. Speaking of conference games, and there are a handful of conference games this weekend. Langston is on the road taking on Oklahoma Panhandle State. That, of course, is a Sooner Athletic Conference matchup. Bowie, uh, Delaware State is hosting Bowie State. Of course, we're going to talk more about uh, that football game. Damon Wilson, the head coach at Bowie State, going to join us in about 15 minutes or so here on the program. Downey's Classic, Elizabeth City State, and Fayetteville State. The game takes place 
in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Every year I've been to this classic in the past. It is a great classic, very much community. It's one of the big things that happens in that community down east, right? Especially when you're talking about athletic events. I mean, generally, you know, ECU plays, you know, on weekends. But, I mean, classic games and things that are happening that aren't ECU, that are football, maybe even outside of high school. This is a big game. Elizabeth City State hosts it every year. Seems like they had... Fayetteville State more times than not. So that's going to be a good game. And, by the way, that is, even though both teams are in the CIAA, it is a non-conference game. Morgan State is going to be on the road. Morgan State is taking, or excuse me, Morgan State is at home. Excuse me, Morgan State at home taking on Towson. Alabama State is hosting Miles Labor Day Classic in Montgomery. Again, mentioned the Alabama A&M South Carolina State game. Alabama A&M, the number one team in the HBCU football coaches and media polls, rightfully so. Aquil Glass, one of the top 20 quarterbacks. Of course, we had Aquil Glass to Kobe Durant both on the program a couple of weeks ago, uh, right? These two young men going up against each other and Aquil Glass owes to Kobe Durant. To Kobe Durant, three interceptions in the first half when these two teams met in the spring. Arkansas Pine Bluff is hosting Lane. Southern is on the road, is taking on Troy. Morehouse is on the road, taking on West Alabama. Benedict is hosting Allen. So, again, Allen joining the SIAC is a provisional member right now. It's going to be a couple of years before Allen is going to be full-fledged members. Benedict, obviously, out of the SIAC, non-conference matchup. Uh, again, Allen is not a conference opponent, but it should be a good game. Both teams uh, separated by Miles right there in Columbia. Bluefield State. So, Bluefield State, we had uh, Tony Coxum, the new head coach at Bluefield State, on the podcast, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, talk with us about Bluefield State. Wouldn't reveal too much uh, about the personnel, but going to be playing their first football game, bringing the program back, taking on Thomas Moore. Hampton and Virginia Union get together. If you remember the last time these two teams met, and these are old CIAA rivals, of course, Hampton now in the Big South. Virginia Union came away with an upset going back to the 2019 season. You know Hampton is looking to avenge that. Lincoln of Pennsylvania going to be hosting Lock Haven. Livingstone, Sean Gilbert, the new head football coach at Livingstone. Yes, that Sean Gilbert that played in the National Football League is the head coach there. He was part of our countdown to kickoff uh, a couple of weeks ago. He coach at Livingstone, and the Blue Bears are hosting Clark Atlanta. Virginia State is hosting Lenore Ryan. Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M get together in Houston for the Labor Day Classic. That is just a great matchup each and every year. Uh, the two met in the what they called the Labor Day Classic in uh, just this past spring with Prairie View A&M coming away with the victory. It's been a tough go for Texas Southern, just a tough go really for Texas Southern. And Prairie View A&M expects to be better and expects to challenge for the SWAC's Western Division. Norfolk State going to be on the road taking on Toledo. I'm interested to see what Jawan Carter, the quarterback, does. It is the debut of the new head football coach, Dawson Odoms, there at Norfolk State. I'm interested to see uh, how uh, how really Norfolk State, Jawan Carter, uh, Dawson Odoms, 
does their playing up against an FBS opponent. Savannah State is on the road taking on Valdosta State, one of the perennial uh, powers in Division II. Bethune-Cookman is on the road again playing up against UTEP. First action for Bethune-Cookman as a member of the SWAC. Winston-Salem State and UNC Pembroke has been canceled. There was COVID issues within the UNC Pembroke uh, program. Then on Sunday, a couple of games. Grambling State going to be hosting, or excuse me, it's Grambling State and Tennessee State. That is that Black College Hall of Fame classic in Canton, Ohio. You know, it's the debut of Eddie George as the new head coach of Tennessee State, Broderick Fobbs. I know Broderick Fobbs is not happy at all with respect to how the Tigers performed in the spring. The Tigers didn't win a single football game. Now, COVID or not, abbreviated season or not, when is the last time Grambling did not win a single football game? I do not have that information in front of me. Has it ever happened? I don't know, right? Probably not, but maybe. Uh, But again, he cannot be happy. And uh, I know he wants to kind of really right that ship and uh, is an opportunity to get off to a good start. I like Tennessee State. I like what they have coming back. Running back's really, really good. A lot of players coming back. Um, so definitely interested to see what ultimately happens in that football game. And Fort Valley State and Tuskegee are going to get together in Montgomery. It is the Red Tails Classic. The SI, It's going to be on ESPNU. As a matter of fact, the SIAC has a nice deal. Uh, right, digital platform on ESPN uh, with a couple of games on ESPN Plus, but this game is going to be on ESPNU, and I'm interested to see how this game goes. Um, it is not a conference matchup, if I'm not mistaken. This is not an SIAC matchup, uh, but again, Tuskegee looking to bounce back from 2019. Fort Valley State also as well, so. I'm interested to see what, what's I'm, I'm just interested to see what's going to happen in the SIAC overall this year. I think Miles is going to be, you know, Miles is, you know, back-to-back champions of the SIAC. But I'm really interested to see because I think Savannah State is going to be really, really good. But as much as everybody's talking about Savannah State, don't sleep on Miles. We sleep on Miles, not we, but people sleep on Miles every year, and Miles just goes out and wins football games, beats Tuskegee when they need to be when the uh, uh, of course, the, the the Golden Bears need to beat Tuskegee and then has won back-to-back SIAC t- uh, titles. And then, of course, the, the other matchup is Florida A&M and Jackson State, which we're going to preview uh, in uh, in the not the next segment, but uh, the segment after that right here on Box to Row. Up next here on Box to Row, talking with Bowie State head football coach Damon Wilson. We're back with the weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I want to take you to Jacksonville, Florida, where Edward Waters, now Edward Waters University, was hosting Florida Memorial. We're going to pick things up in the third quarter with Edward Waters already trailing six to nothing. Fieldman Roundtree on the scoop and score, and the Lions led 13 to nothing. But Edward Waters 
would respond with about four minutes remaining in the third quarter. John Stockman recovered the fumble for Edward Waters, and the Tigers pulled to within 13-7. Now we're going to move to the fourth quarter after Edward Waters got a field goal to pull itself to within 13-10, and with 541 remaining in the fourth, Edward Waters took the lead. Deshaun Hugey from 10 yards, and Edward Waters led 17 to 13, but Florida Memorial would respond. And Florida Memorial regained the lead at 20 to 17. Now let's move late to the fourth quarter with the Tigers trailing by three. I'm going to let the voice of Edward Waters, Joshua Jackson, set the table for you. Good job, Joshua Jackson, on the Tigers Sports Radio Network. EWU now would hold on to defeat Florida Memorial 24-20. Now, let me take you to Atlanta for the Miak Swack Challenge between North Carolina Central and Alcorn State. Alcorn State received the ball first, drove right down the field, and this was the result of the Braves' first drive. Quick pitch and catch outside. Tries to slip through, and he does. He ducks underneath one tackle and striding down the end zone for the score. Alcorn State strikes first through the hands of Juan Anthony Jr. From Felix Harper, and the Braves led 7 to nothing. The score remained that way until late in the first half with the Eagles driving. Richard calls for the snap, and it is a draw. Richard up the middle. Trucks off the tackle, reaches for the goal line, and they will give it to him. Touchdown, North Carolina Central. The run tied the game at seven, going into the locker room. In the third quarter, the Eagles struck. Davius Richard, this time from one yard out, the extra point was blocked, but NCCU had the 13-7 lead. But later in the third quarter, Alcorn State would answer. Fourth and goal from the four-yard line. They motion the tailback, Duffy out. Harper rolling, near side pass is complete. Duffy takes it in, we're tied up, 13-all. The extra point was true, and Alcorn State regained the lead at 14-13. Early in the fourth quarter, Adrian Olivos, 28-yard field goal for the Eagles, put the Eagles ahead at 16-14. Then the Eagles turned to special teams to put the game away. Tavarius Adams, the backup punter, sends it high and deep. And Cotterington comes after this one. He'll pick it up. 
Dances out of one tackle. Now he has a hole to the 30-yard line, second level. He has a convoy across midfield. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Put him on the board. Touchdown, North Carolina Central. Brandon Cotterington hits the home run. He sure did, my man Jonathan Duran on the NCCU Sports Network. The Eagles defeated Alcorn State 23-14. Now move into both the HBCU coaches and media polls. And we're talking plenty of HBCU football this weekend on From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, as well as Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern, that's 4 p.m. Pacific time, on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, Channel 84. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Damon Wilson is in his 11th season as the head football coach at Bowie State. The Bulldogs are the CIAA champions two times over going back to the 2019 season. Hadn't played since then. Got a big game on Saturday for the first time in about 20 months. Going to be on the road at Delaware State as Damon Wilson joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Wilson, welcome back to the program. What's going on? Brother Will, I appreciate you uh, for having me, and uh, it's good to hear your voice again. It's been a while, so it's good to hear your voice and good to talk a little football. Yeah, yours too. I know we tried to we tried to do this, I think, last, uh, last summer, anticipating maybe being able to play in the fall of 2020, and ultimately it did not happen. Uh, with that, so 20-month, 20 21-month layoff for you guys. What is this last, you know, 2020 month, 20 or 21 months, been like for you in this Bowie State football program? It's been an emotional roller coaster for the guys. You know, guys are, uh, are operating in a routine, and you know their routine was taken away from them. You know, they they they've lost some of the structure that they had in place. So we're we've been reprogramming. That's the word I've been using. We've been reprogramming our ball club, not just uh, athletically but academically as well. Just getting the you know we got three freshman classes that that haven't played football. You know, we redshirted our 2019 class. 20, 20 class, uh, you know, we didn't play. And 21, you know, this is their year, and they haven't played yet. So we're trying to reprogram the guys and get ready to play a very tough Delaware State team. But uh, we're very excited to be back together and be back on campus. Yeah, how has that made for competition? I mean, you have the luxury uh, because your program has been so good to be able to redshirt your entire 2019 class to the point 20 comes in, 21. How has that competition been particularly amongst those guys that have yet to play college football? Well, it, it's, it's really been good because we told them as a staff day one that, uh, you know, everybody's up to play this year. The 21 class, we're not looking at redshirting anyone. You know, we want everybody to come in uh, ready to compete. And this camp we just broke, uh, it, was, it was a lot of competition and a lot of positions. So we're, we're going to play a number of guys throughout the year. And, uh, and, and I think those guys, I think it helped the program at the end of the day. And also just get us back on on track with our classifications regarding you know eligibility and that sort of thing. But uh, you know we're going to play a lot of guys this year, that's for sure. And I think the guys are uh, you know uh, give everything they have when their numbers call. Primetime players coming back for you, and we're going to talk about uh, those primetime players as a whole. 
have you been able to keep the majority of this unit together? And I ask coaches this all the time because when you look at this transfer portal, it is really off. It's off the charts. It's full. <laughs> uh, yet a lot of teams have been able to keep teams together. Is that the, is that your situation? Have you been able to keep the bulk of your team from 2019 together? Indeed. We, we didn't lose anyone that uh, played for us in, to the transfer portal. You know, we've had some guys step away from the program and just focus on graduation and that sort of thing, but we didn't lose anyone to any, any other university uh, through the transfer portal at all. So that, that's a good thing. Uh, the nucleus of the team is back. I think we're returning seven out of 11 starters on defense and on offense standpoint. I think we're returning six out of 11 on offense. So, you know, the bulk of our guys are – are coming back that participated on that championship uh, uh, championship run in 2019. Can you – I mean, I think that's interesting to be able to keep all of those guys around when there are other opportunities. And you got – I mean, you've – frankly, you've got some guys that can really play, <laughs> could have gone somewhere else. That, that – speak to that and how that speaks to the championship program uh, that you and your staff are building there at Bowie State. I think that speaks volumes uh, with regards to my coaches and, and being able to constantly show these young men that they can help them become better. One other thing I understand about the transfer portal is guys, of course, are looking for opportunities, but at the same time, majority of them want to get better. So if they have the ability to get better where they are, uh, then they're going to stay. You know, they're going to stay put. There is, you know, you're going to have some guys that's running away from competition or, and or just taking advantage of possibly playing at a higher level. But our guys, you know, we, we broke camp uh, last Friday, and as of last Friday, we had 17 NFL scouts at our practice. So it's not about going to uh, the, the, the 1A or the 1 FCS school to get an opportunity to play at the next level. If you're good, they're going to find you. And like I said, that, that was last Friday. We picked up another few scouts this past uh, weekend practice. So guys are graduating in a high level. We're having success on the football field. Guys are having fun, and they're having an opportunity to further their careers if they're good enough. The scouts are there. So it's, they're getting opportunities to meet all the, you know, their possible needs. So, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited that they were able to come back and they did not jump ship, if you will. Damon Wilson in his 11th season as the head football coach at Bowie State joins us here on Box to Row. Let's talk some personnel offensively. Jerome Johnson, the quarterback, is back for you. I mean, he can really do it all. And you've just had a succession of quarterbacks uh, the last, you know, five, six years or so speak to him and maybe how better he's gotten over this 2021 month. Jerome is a special athlete. And uh, I think coach Reed, uh, officer coordinator does a good job preparing our quarterbacks. Um, Jerome actually spent a lot of time in the classroom and talking ball with coach Reed. When he started, when he played in 2019, he wasn't the guy that was supposed to start that year. We had another young man that we thought was going to be the replacement to a mirror and it didn't work out that way. And Jerome got an opportunity in week two of uh, 2019 season and took advantage of it. And, and, and at that time, Jerome did not know the offense inside and out. Now he does. You know, he's made a lot of plays with his legs and that sort of thing in 2019. But I think he's, he's uh, improved his pocket presence. Uh, of course, he still has his legs. But he's a guy that I think is a lot more comfortable in the offense. And I look forward to seeing what he can do this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it should be very interesting against – uh, Delaware State. I, any concern? I mean, what's your level of concern with with the fact that if you look at Delaware State, Delaware State played like four or five games uh, in the spring, and you haven't played since November of uh, 2019. Is there any concern 
there with your ball club that you're playing against the team uh, that that has played more recently? Not really. I think it really gives us an upper hand because we're able to see some of the personnel that they had this past spring. Whereas for us, they, they you know they haven't seen anything from Bowie State football since, like you say, November of 2019. So I think from a personnel standpoint, we'll see some guys uh, that we had an opportunity to see this past spring play for Delaware State. Uh, just the team camaraderie, I think they do have a little upper hand there. But I think we've done a decent job as a staff throughout the you know the year and a half with our Zoom meetings and being um, in contact with those guys as much as possible during the time we were off campus. Let's talk about that that offensive line. That's where it's going to start. You know, speak to that unit and, and what that unit is looking like. Well, that's that's the unit. We lost a couple seniors. You know, we lost a couple guys that we had to replace. The good thing about it, we had some guys that uh, you know were, were were backups in 2019 that's played some uh, some times, got some college snaps. So those guys, you know, we're we're step counting those guys to to hit the ground running. Uh, we're going to be led by uh, Malik Bellamy, our center. You know, he's a kid that started for us two years. Uh, as, as, a, as a true freshman, and Mark Murphy is another guy that's, you know, he started for us. So those guys are going to lead, if you will, that offensive line group. And uh, we have a couple other guys that transferred in that's going to help us uh, as well at that position. So we're, we're, we're excited about our O-line. We have some inexperience there, but at the same time, those guys understand their responsibilities and expectations that, uh, that they have before them. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, if uh, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I go back to 2019, you look at Khalil Wilkins, I remember because he played very well at West Virginia State. Seem, I, I can't remember if he came in midseason, but in any event, he played well for you. Maybe, you know, he comes in, he doesn't really know the, the offense per se, but still plays well. So talk about the expectations for him. He played well for you in 2019, and also prior to coming to you, played very well at West Virginia State as well. Man, Khalil's a very tough running back. Khalil's a guy that can get the ball 20, 25 times a game. And, and still be fresh to play another game. And like you said, in 2019, he came to us. Uh, so he only had one spring to practice with us, Then he pr- uh, played that fall season. Uh, so once again, he didn't have the total offense uh, under his belt. Now he has another year and a half of experience uh, of, of studying and, uh, and watching film. He's a guy that we're anticipating that use coming out the backfield. He's a guy that we're going we're going to feature. You know, he, he's he's the guy for us at the running back position. I know physically. He can handle the uh, he can handle the workload, and uh, I'm really excited to see we, how he's grown mentally. You know, he's done a lot better in pass protection and and understanding route concepts and that sort of thing. So we want to make sure we uh, you know we get him the ball come come game time and and, and let him uh, do what he knows how to do. Damon Wilson, the head football coach at Bowie State, joins us here on the program again. The Bulldogs going to be on the road first game of the season on Saturday at Delaware State. You've got some guys on defense that return. I mean, Dimitri Morsell, I mean, he led, you know, I think he led D2 and at least led all HBCU players in terms of interceptions going back to 2019. Joshua Pryor is just a man-child. I mean, he was, you know, you look at a guy, his first two years he was on uh, the Boxtero All-America team. He's a preseason guy. Think about that, a preseason guy that didn't even play in the spring to come back and be on that team shows how uh, really special a player he can be. Talk about... Uh, those two guys, and in particular Pryor, and you know how special a player he is, and maybe even how uh, you've seen him improve, although you haven't played in twenty or twenty-one months. Josh is a special kid, man. He's a kid that we got out of Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, um, right out of high school. Kid that has developed 
uh, every year. Kid, football IQ is off the, off the roof. He's taking this taking this time away from the game, away from playing, um, to improve his body. You know, his body looks a lot different than it did in uh, in 2019. Uh, he still has a high motor. He still understands the defensive fronts and uh, the back end from a coverage standpoint. So he's a kid that can play football as long as he wants to. I mean, he, he's going to have an opportunity to continue to play, um, you know, out, outside of uh, college. He's focused on his academics, and he's on course to graduate. So I mean, he's a kid, like I said, that is becoming more vocal now in the locker room because he's a really soft-spoken guy, but he'll, he'll lead the defense, and now he's looking at leading the team. He's done a great job this camp being more vocal and being more active with regards to leading the, uh, the whole ball club. And Demetri Morsell, same deal. Demetri's a guy that uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have. I mean, he, he made a lot of plays for us in 2019, and uh, we're going to be asking him to make some of the same plays this year, if not more. And I think he's put himself in a, in a better position. He gained about 12 pounds uh, since 2019, uh, and, and I think he's improved his football IQ as well. Uh, his maturity level has definitely improved uh, since the last time we played. I'm not saying that he's an immature kid off the football field, I'm talking about just maturity on the football field, understanding route concepts, understanding what the team can and can't do by alignment. I know he, he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing play uh, uh, this season. Last thought, Coach Wilson, and we appreciate the time. Damon Wilson is the head football coach at Bowie State. For you, this Saturday going up to Delaware State, what are some of the concerns you have about the Hornets, and then what is it going to take for you all to come out of Dover, Delaware with the victory? Delaware State, man, I think uh, is, is a program definitely heading the right direction. I think Coach Milstead is doing a great job with his staff, recruiting uh, the right type of people to fit what they do offensively, defensively, and special teams. Uh, what we need to do to be successful is make sure we are able to run the football offensively. Defensively, we've got to be physical and stop the run. I think we've got to take away some of the things that they do well and uh, on offense, and that will give us an opportunity to, uh, to win the ball game. Also, their special teams unit has been was was a was a shining light, if you will, this past spring. So we must match the intensity and match the playmaking ability uh, in our special teams uh, unit. And I think we'll be in good shape. Damon Wilson again in his 11th season as the head football coach at Bowie State joins us here on Box to Row. The Bulldogs on the road Saturday at Delaware State. As always, Coach Wilson, I appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Bulldogs this season. Yes, sir. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Coach Wilson. We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Rowe, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. We're back here on Box to Row. You can join us on the conversation. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O. Follow us while you're there. Damon Wilson, the head football coach at Bowie State, joining us in the last segment. A couple of uh, interesting cuts. HBCU players ultimately cut, but then re-signed. 
or, or not, guys that didn't make the 53-man roster and, but were signed to the practice squad. Um, Danny Johnson with the Washington football team uh, was re-signed to the practice squad. Also, Mac McCain, and by the way, Danny Johnson played at Southern. Mac McCain played at North Carolina A&T. That was, a, that was an uphill battle for Mac McCain. I mean, that, that cornerback and defensive back room, I mean, that's one place where the Broncos aren't hurting is in the defensive backfield, right? And so you've got an, a free agent, rookie. Uh, that was going to be an uphill battle for Mac McCain. But he impressed the Broncos enough that he was signed to the practice squad. And anything can happen. And by the way, I knew you knew the Broncos were going to re-sign him. It wasn't a whole lot of – a lot of times in the National Football League, the, you, you see the there'll be a lot of signings uh, of guys that didn't make the 53-man roster or signings by other teams. And it, it just wasn't the case. Uh, matter of fact, Washington football team signing all the guys that they signed – to their practice squad were guys that were uh, looking to make that team. And so I think Mac McCain's going to be a, a really good corner. He just needs his opportunity. One of the surprises, Chris Rowland, formerly of Tennessee State, was ultimately not only did, not, did he not make the 53-man roster as he did last year as a rookie and got some playing time for the Falcons, uh, but he ultimately um, – was not signed to the practice squad either. So that was a bit of a surprise. The Box to Row National Game of the Week. Let's take a look at it. Big time football game. Florida A&M and Jackson State. It's the Orange Blossom Classic. It's going to be in Miami Gardens home at the stadium. That's the home of the Miami Dolphins. And uh, looking forward to this Hard Rock Stadium. It's going to be a, uh, a it promises to be a really good football game. Uh, sort of a, a rivalry renewed, I guess, in some respects. Although I was surprised to learn that the teams had only played something like 27 times previously or something like that. I thought it was it would have been a lot more times, especially going back to those, you know, to, to the back in the, the days, if you will. Uh, but in any case, she promises to be a really good team again. Or again, you have a Florida A&M team hasn't played since 2019. A Jackson State a team that went four and three in the spring. I want to break this down. Uh, and so, you know, let me take a look at Jackson State first. I, I look at the receiving core. There's no Dalen Baldwin, right? Dalen Baldwin. It was a was an All American HBCU All American last year. Uh, he transferred ultimately to Michigan. Uh, there's no Corey Reed Jr. who was the second leading receiver on this team last year. You're going to look at a guy like a Shane Hooks, who played at Ohio uh, and played three games at Ohio in 2020, but again is new. Uh, Warren Newman the third was a guy that played last year. He actually had a really good spring with 35 receptions. So he's going to be sort of the senior guy, the guy that has the most experience. Remember, Shadur Sanders, the coach or the the son of head coach Deion Sanders, now the quarterback, again, has had no collegiate experience and doesn't have a whole lot of experience in game situations 
throwing to his wide receivers. Plus, you couple the fact, now, maybe Jackson State improved its offensive line, but that offensive line, I mean, you know, if you listened to Coach Sanders each week, or not every week, but a lot of times, he says this this offensive line has got to improve, and the offensive line just was not very good for Jackson State at all last year. So you're putting Sanders now out there, maybe under duress, lack of a of a receiving game per se. Uh, you know, running back, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be good there, uh, and and then of course, I mean, I really like. Like, I, I really like Jackson State on defense. Um, I realize maybe the numbers didn't bear out, right? But, I mean, when I have a Keontae Hampton, right, when I've got an Aubrey Miller at the linebacker position, I mean, those two linebackers are dynamic, both box to row All-Americans, HBCU All-Americans. DeJon Warren in the defensive backfield. They've got, I mean, they've got the makings and at least individual players to have a really good defense. Um, and they're going to need that defense. I'm going to tell you what, because FAMU has got a lot of players coming back, right? Now, one of the question marks for FAMU is at the quarterback position. No Ryan Stanley, right? Ryan Stanley was all world for Florida A&M. But returning is Rashawn McKay. Now, McKay, again, backed up Ryan Stanley, got some spot duty. Ryan Stanley uh, went down in that North Carolina A&T game. And by the way, McKay comes in and he throws the game. It was a very nice throw. I was right there, right? Very nice throw in overtime after A&T had gone up by three with a field goal. Comes right back. Freshman quarterback comes right back and uh, and throws a nice touchdown pass as Florida A&M walks off with that victory. By the way, he got some time in 2019. McKay did. Completed 71% of his passes. Willie Simmons, the head coach, you you heard him talk about McKay last week. Uh, He likes this kid. He played some. I mean, I think it's it's a couple of things going against McKay. A, he didn't have a whole lot of time back in 2019. B, again, 20-month Layoff. I think the thing that helps him, a couple of things that actually help him, I think that goes against him. And then, of course, C, he's going against a Jackson State defense that's going to be pretty good. I think the things that help him, uh, experienced offensive line, and then just a plethora, and by the way, a good uh, running game, Bishop Bonnet, is the real deal at running back. He's the real deal at running back. That's a plus, again, offensive line, and then a plethora of receivers Xavier Smith amongst others I mean I know Xavier Smith's gonna have I'm I'm looking forward to that matchup Smith against Warren Uh, that should be a pretty good matchup so fam you definitely has some challenges from an offensive standpoint but I think again to me I'd been saying this and and I said this a little bit earlier in the show I just thought that a lot of the teams that hadn't played you know, I think it's going to be a team-to-team thing. Uh, again, I looked at the Alcorn State-North Carolina Central game. I realized that both teams hadn't played since 2019, and I thought both teams looked pretty decent, right? Uh, you know, FAMU hasn't played in a long time. Jackson State played as recent as April. So I think that's an advantage overall uh, for Jackson State. 
but I also think that uh, Florida A&M uh, will, um, if, if it can get off to a good start early, then I think it becomes less of a factor. Defensively, uh, for Florida A&M, I thought they were talented in 2019. I don't think the numbers showed that. Um, I really th- this kid Marquise Bell, uh, defensive back, is really really good. And see, that's you know I- I'm looking to see you know how he's able to challenge a lot of because a lot of the the uh, how he's able to challenge maybe Bate Sanders, who again has not played collegiate football. How is he able to play him, particularly against maybe some uh, some receivers that have experience because they the, the Tigers do have a lot of receivers that they're bringing in that are transfer guys. I mentioned Shane Hooks is one of those guys. But again, this is a new, you know, new offensive system in a lot of respects. First game, you know, generally defenses are ahead of offenses. Um, So we'll ultimately see how things uh, uh, play out from that vantage point. Um, I think with Jackson State, again, it's going to be key if they want to do anything because while I don't know if FAMU has a great defense, Jackson State's offense, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. New quarterback, mostly new receivers. Offensive line is a question mark. That's a lot. That's a, Now, you can tote the, the, the football. You can run the football, and that'll be to the advantage of Jackson State to be able to want to run the football against Florida A&M. Uh, but whatever deficiencies Florida A&M may have, from a defensive standpoint, could be a little bit of a wash because, you know, if you if if if, if Jackson State brings its offense back, then okay. I, I definitely say Jackson State's gonna have more of an edge over Florida AM's defense. Again, when I flip it around, look at Florida AM's offense, I think it's solid. Um again, McKay, how will he respond? That was a big-time throw against A&T in a big-time game, okay? That was the game. I mean, look, Florida A&M beat A&T, went 9-2 and in that season, but was ineligible, ineligible to win the MEAC championship or participate in the Celebration Bowl. Had Florida A&M been eligible, then A&T would have been out, right? So that was a big-time throw in a big-time football game. Now, for McKay, you're putting him in front of 60,000. Same thing for Shador Sanders. Listen, I realize big-time football in high school. High school is different than college. McKay, you're putting him in a a bigger-time situation against some guys that can really play defense for Jackson State. I'm going to go in this game. I'm going to give you my pick. I think that this is... I'm not going to call it a low-scoring game, but I think it's going to be a close game, not an astronomically high-scoring game. I would say somewhere around, you know, I think I think FAMU gets out of there with a 24-21 to 21 victory over Jackson State. It's 3.7 points, something in that range, uh, FAMU getting the victory. Your thoughts, we'll take it offline. Hit me up via Twitter at PoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Thank you to Damon Wilson the head coach at Bowie State, for joining us today on the program. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. I want you guys to enjoy the football games this weekend.
Happy Labor Day weekend. And always remember to support those that support you. Box Toro is presented by DW Communications.